Let us pray to prepare our hearts and minds to listen to the word of God. Holy God, this life of ours is full to the brim. Our days are overflowing with lots of information and lots of schedules and assignments and deadlines and lots of duties. Sometimes we wake up feeling behind and sometimes we go to sleep worrying about tomorrow. And we know there has, there has to be more than this. So we pray. Bend down and show us the way. Point us toward awe and wonder. Guide us to intimacy and trust. Gift us with laughter that will make us cry and hope that will make us feel alive. We want a new kind of full to the brim. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. First the scripture that we are listening is Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6 and 11 through 13. Listen now for the word of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me spotting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At the very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell the fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. 
See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Church, the title of our series, our Lenten worship series, is called Full to the Brim. And it's an invitation. It makes me wonder, though, have we accepted the invitation yet? For much like Holy Communion is an open invitation for all to come to the Lord's table to feed on the love of God and be nourished by God's grace, full to the brim, is an invitation to all to seek the transformation of our lives to be more expansive. In some ways, each of our lives can become more like Jesus than they are right now. But we must ask ourselves, what does it mean to have an expansive life? Well, the best way to do this is talk about, first off, what is not an expansive life. An expansive life is not one that is filled with a shallow joy that disappears when any trouble may arise in front of us. An expansive life doesn't necessarily mean life is without any challenges or difficulties. But an expansive life is a life of fullness, of embracing joy, doubt, grief, mourning, action, and rest. In fact, seeking full-to-the-brim grace for ourselves and for others in the midst of struggle is precisely the spiritual work that we are called to and to carry to Easter and beyond. God is full to the brim. But we too are called to be full to the brim, living that we have read about this morning, which seeks God's fullness and seeks to live it out in the challenges of life. The psalmist asks, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jesus demonstrated for us the example of standing in the strength of the Lord, and he remained confident of this, saying, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In our reading today from Luke, we see that Jesus is nearing his goal, Jerusalem, the holy city the destination for faithful Jews throughout all of history. Jerusalem is not too far away even now, but for us it is still four weeks away until we arrive with Jesus in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Luke tells us in chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus is traveling through one town and village after another teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem, then suddenly there's an interruption. Some Pharisees arrive with a warning, Get away from here! Herod wants to kill you! Jesus has been doing the kind of preaching that will 
get you killed. So when the Pharisees come to warn Jesus, he has to take it seriously. And Herod is from a family where murder is a casual pastime. His father, Herod the Great, had murdered three of his sons, one of his wives and one of his mother-in-laws, along with former friends and servants. And, according to Matthew's Gospel, he tried to kill Jesus before he was even out of the cradle. Herod is his father's son, and every bit is lethal. And Jesus understands that threat. But he looks at the Pharisees, and he tells them, no turning back, no turning back. Jesus tells them to tell Herod that he will be in Jerusalem when he was ready. Jesus knew that death was likely, if not the inevitable outcome of his ministry. Yet he is determined to finish the mission that he had come into the world to complete. Jesus will not run. He will not be dissuaded. He has work to do. And Jesus knew his enemy, Herod, for he calls him that fox. For Herod is tricky, deceptive, crafty, and untrustworthy. And Jesus decides to stand and take care of business. And it is year later, years later that four times Paul wills his people in Ephesus to stand. Telling them first to take your stand. Second, to stand your ground. Then to stand firm. And then after you have done everything, to stand. And for those of you who are diving into our Exodus readings with us, you know that the midwives resisted Pharaoh, refusing his order to kill every male Jewish child at the time of birth. They stood up. Prophets, in response to injustice and unfaithfulness to God, had to stand as they spoke God's word. Having withstood temptation posed by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus now faces the temptation of avoiding the wrath of a despot. For a moment, we might be left to wonder if Jesus will stand. But he shuts that door on the need for further contemplation, saying, go and tell the fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons, he says, and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. He is defiant. Jesus is doing holy work, casting out demons and performing cures. And Jesus instructs the Pharisees to tell Herod that his work will continue until it is accomplished. It is, it is a divine mission that he must pursue. Jesus even suggests that Jerusalem will do away with Jesus before Herod gets an opportunity to himself. Jesus must stand. 
Jesus must be on his way because it's important for a prophet, is impossible, sorry, for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jesus' words are a lament that is a passionate expression of sorrow, even weeping. Jesus laments over Jerusalem. He will not be welcomed or received there. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who will kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. It's not entirely clear how often prophets were slain in Jerusalem, but there are several examples in the Hebrew Scriptures. And for Jesus, such violence is anticipated. Jerusalem, which means city of peace, is no such place. It is the place where people are eliminated if found rocking the boat. Even if they come in the name of the Lord, Jerusalem rejects prophets and is unwilling to be gathered into the reign of God that proclaims, that is proclaimed by Jesus and demonstrated through his work. The imagery that Jesus uses is striking. The courageous nurturing of the hen stands in contrast to the cunning self-interest of the fox. But not just the fox, Herod, but to all the authorities in Jerusalem whom Jesus will soon face. Yet instead of the fox raiding the chicken coop, the hen is coming to the fox's den and is willing to gather all under his wing. Jesus' remarks, however, are not merely a lament. They're a warning. He says, look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus knew where he was going. He is committed to living full to the brim under God's wing. And we, like Jesus, will find our expansive full to the brim life in the fullness of our relationship with God, ourselves, and others. By embracing joy, beauty, faith, doubt, grief, mourning, action, and rest so that we can live this expansive life under the protective wing of God. Amen. Church, as we process what we have heard from the Lord today. What the Lord is speaking to us. In a time of Lent where we practice our spiritual disciplines, I encourage us now 
to give out the fullness of our hearts, out of a life full to the brim, to see life done in the church and beyond. So I invite you now to pray with me as we lift up our gifts that we will give back to the Lord, and I encourage you to put your filled-out Connect cards in the offering plate when they come around. Let us pray. Lord God, we offer to you these gifts humbly and out of a full heart to see how you will use them through us and others to impact this world. May we not be shy, but may we stand firm in our belief and in our convictions of following you to live an expansive life through the gifts you've given to us and that we now give back to you to be a blessing to others. Amen.